you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Welcome to another episode of the Mash Those Buttons MASHcast, a podcast about video games, community, culture, and industry. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I am here with the scourge of Ironforge and games industry public defender, Nick Zellenkevitz. You know, I just want to give a huge shout out to Mikey for filling in for me last episode when I wasn't here. I thought he did a great job and... uh I don't know. I, 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 we've, he used to be on the old MASH cast with us. I miss podcasting with him. It's a shame that he could only come in when I wasn't there. It's like, you know, it'd be fun to talk to him, but uh, good good job, Mikey. Oh, there's, there, there will be opportunities. We will make them. We will make the opportunities. <laughs> but before we get more into that, Christina is also here. How you doing? No, no, I have no intro for you yet. It feels so weird. I say this thing for Nick. I know you gotta you gotta think of something for me. Just like I need you to set like it's homework. It'll be your homework for this week. Yeah, I could say something about you discovering what Fortnite. You know why Fortnite <laughs> was called Fortnite. <laughs> I could. I, I can incorporate that in. Yeah, we'll see. It's, it's okay. You could leave that part out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> only the good stuff. Yeah, don't you don't need to throw me under the bus like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Fortnite, they do hop out of buses. What? <laughs> then Actually, why don't they call it that. bus night but- <laughs> oh, <laughs> you didn't know I, I figured if you didn't know that it was called Fortnite for forts i'm pretty sure you didn't know you hopped out of buses in battle royale <sighs> all right well this is episode number seven i'd like to welcome anybody listening to the mash cast for the very first time thanks uh, for taking the opportunity to check us out like i said this is a podcast about video games community culture and industry any our topics can be around any of those things so it's usually a mixed bag it's you know usually recent stuff that we talk about here so you know if you do enjoy the show please feel free to follow us on twitter at mtb site and uh, tonight we have, I guess, two main topics. One is going to be about, I guess, false sense of accomplishment in games. But also, since Nick didn't get a chance to gripe on something on the last episode, we're going to give him his time to shine now. So we can go. We're going to go ahead and do that. But before we get into that, let's uh, see what everybody's been up to. Christy, why don't you go first? Oh, sure. Uh. I've actually been in, into doing a lot of stuff. I haven't played Final Fantasy that much because I'm trying to like catch up on my games. Um, so I finally broke open. You know, uh, I, I played Ninokuni last time. I got further in. Uh, Mikey's wrong. Just want to throw that out there. The game is great. He played it wrong. That's he has no argument. Um, and I did start playing God of War. I got the. Uh, I actually got rid of my old PS4 for the God of War PS4 Pro. That thing is beautiful oh my god if you haven't seen it in person you have to go see it like i was afraid it was going to be the whole thing was going to be glossy it is glossy but in all the right places like it has the right curves it's amazing um but that means i have been playing god of war which i made the stupid decision to play on not the hardest difficulty but the hard difficulty and it's 
taking a little bit to go through, especially since I haven't had time to play it, but it is amazing so far. Uh, I don't really want to say too much because I don't want to spoil anything, but it's definitely like you have to play it. Okay. What about you, Nick? Uh, I got my Golden Rogue in Hearthstone, and I am now uh, about 315 wins away from getting my Golden Mage, so I'm working on that. And that's it, huh? That's about it. I that's think that's all. more of an update that I use than you know what we yeah. usually hear. That's, that's, so. that's really all I got. I'm just going to keep telling you guys how I'm progressing along through the classes. So, <laughs> uh, so I think on the last show, no, on the last show, I I didn't say I, I did I beat Wolfenstein yet. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't well, think so. Over, I think like a week after that, I went back and I played Wolfenstein, and instead of doing the um the uber commander missions i was like oh i'm just gonna go through the rest of the game i didn't realize i was at the last level like i was one level away from finishing it and i gotta tell you like i blew through the last level wolfenstein because i've been playing the uber commander missions and they are so much harder than the levels in the actual game so i go i'm I'm, you know the, the last level of wolfenstein you're actually uh you're on a ship an airship and I just kind of blew through it. The last boss fight was the only thing that actually kind of tripped me up. I think it's the only time that I died. And actually, I, you know, after I finished the game, which I absolutely loved the ending of it, loved the ending because it felt really personal. Like when you play through that game with what happens at the end, it just feels really, really satisfying. So uh, after I beat the game, uh, I went and I watched some other people play like the end and I saw people like some YouTubers complaining about, oh, this game is easy and this these these bosses at the end are just bullet sponges. You just got to shoot them until they blow up. Dude, don't feed me that bullshit when you're playing on easy. You're playing on easy. Those last bosses, like if you can go up straight up to one of those last bosses, just shoot them without them kicking your ass like you are straight up not playing on a hard difficulty you really aren't because not only do they shoot these beams the beams create like these black holes after they hit so it's like i had to in order to beat the last part uh for those who are playing through wolfenstein uh the you, you fight like six like super soldiers that require on the i didn't even play on the hardest difficulty i played it on the second hardest difficulty they require anywhere between eight to ten consecutive headshots to shoot their head to, to to kill them quickly, and then after you fight those six, these two new robots pop out, and I had to hit three headshots with the laser work. And I heard if you use the diesel work or the diesel craft, or was it? It was diesel work and laser craft. And if you use, the, I heard if you use the diesel craft. Or work. I just fucked it up. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so confused. If you use the diesel, you can't even do like you can't even get the headshots on them like that. But if you use the laser and you have it fully upgraded, it's three headshots per machine while everybody else is still shooting at you. It was a fucking awesome boss fight. I'm really happy with the way the game was. And this game came out 2017. I don't think I mean I guess they could use the same exact engine and put a game out in 2019 you know late 2019 if they wanted to like just to kind of finish it up it'll be awesome but if they kind of make a new engine like they did with this one or 
you know, upgrade the engine. It's probably not going to be out 2020, and that makes me a little sad. So I do, I do really, really enjoy Wolfenstein. I did make a mistake after I beat Wolfenstein. The next night, I went to go play Prey, and uh, no, it's I, I, you know, I, I really want to give Prey a fair shake, a fair chance here. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna back away from it. I'm gonna let like the Wolfenstein kind of wash off of me because Wolfenstein is the best F- single player FPS probably in the last five years. I want to say, um, yeah, like that includes Doom, and then you know how like how much I love Doom. Like Wolfenstein is a better shooter than Doom. But I, I want to give Prey a fair shake. Right now, Prey feels like a Bioshock that's not fun. <laughs> that's what it feels like right now so i want to you know give it a chance to breathe i'm not going to play any wolves i'm not going to play any like shooters like that i've actually switched over to god of war not the new one <laughs> i actually went back to play the old one so i was going to get god of war the new one and i made the mistake of reading the description if i didn't read the description i just would have bought the new game and on the description on amazon it says I thought this was a complete reboot. I thought it was a complete reboot of the series. And on the description, it says, you know, the god, the Greek gods are far behind Kratos now. So I'm like, okay, this is a continuation. Now I got to go back and play the first ones. I think Which- it's like a continuation, though, like how Witcher 3 was a continuation of the series where they wanted a fresh start, but they didn't want to restart it. So it's easy for new people to come in, but if you've played throughout the series, I mean, you'll get definitely a lot more of a kick Well, that's out of what it. I want. Like, I want to know, like, the character better. I want to know the trials and tribulations of the character. That's, like, it's just, that's, like, that's actually, like, Doom, right? Uh, that came out in 2016. You could just go play Doom, and it'll be fucking phenomenal. But if you played Doom 1 and Doom 2, and then played this Doom, from a story perspective, it's a lot cooler, in my opinion. Because the new Doom itself is not a reboot. It's a fresh start, but it's not a reboot. It's actually a continuation of Doom, like from Doom 1 and Doom 2. What about, uh, what was the, was it Doom 3 that had the, where you couldn't use the flashlight and the, the gun at the same time? Yeah, we don't talk about Doom. Don't talk, okay, that's, okay, that's been removed from existence. All right. That has been removed I'm, I'm from existence. I'm making that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but luckily, like, I have had the God of War collection, which I'm holding up right now, for the PS3. I've had it since it came out. Never played it. It was still wrapped up, so I actually plugged up my PS3, which actually has been sitting by my PS4 since I got a PS4. I've just been off, and I plugged up my PS3, and I uh, I've been playing uh, the original God of War. So I even I took a picture of it and I put it on Twitter. So like, oh man, couldn't wait for God of War, and that picture I have is from the original God of War. <laughs> and I gotta say the that game has aged well in terms of gameplay itself the levels themselves like at the time the levels probably like they probably felt massive and epic but now with it being 2017 <laughs> oh sorry we're being 2018 because that's where we are we're being 2018 <laughs> i can definitely see like you know the boundaries of the levels right like okay the levels don't feel that big right now but probably back in 2005 Oh, man, I could see why this game, the presentation of the game was phenomenal. It really is. And I actually have a little bit more to say about that in our topic about a false sense of accomplishment. Uh, spoiler alert, there's no false sense of accomplishment in God of War, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Well, let's go into it. 
Well, well, I want to talk about your griping topic first. <laughs> I want to talk about your topic first. You want to talk about my topic first? <laughs> yeah, I should play rock, paper, scissors for it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, no, we can talk Fine. about my topic. It's, it's, it, oh, okay. it, it's really, it's a minor gripe. It's, there was an article uh, that came out and it basically said that uh, the Battle Royale threatens a repeat of the mobile bloodbath. And I posted this in the forums and our response was just kind of like, yeah, obviously, like you didn't need to write this. Um, and I don't know how much, I don't know. I didn't realize I was supposed to like be griping so much. This is really the only article I found that was at all interesting over the last few weeks. <laughs> so, um, no, but their basic thesis is that uh, the, the Battle Royale style, we're going to see the same thing happen uh, with these kind of games that we saw before with the MOBA games, where we have the big hitters, you know, we have PUBG and Fortnite kind of establishing everything. And then, you know, we might see a little bit of refinement, but within the industry space, uh, we're going to see a lot of imitators who aren't really going to catch on and everybody's just going to move on from this going forward. And maybe PUBG and, and Fortnite or whichever two emerge as the big two sort of will stick around. Uh, but uh, the industry will move on to another thing later on, which I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want to go, Christy? Well, I was going to say, I mean, you see it all the time. Uh, it's. I think it's something we – did we skip that when we were talking about fads, or was that something that we brought up? I don't remember. But regardless, it's definitely something that you're going to see cycle out because it happens all the time, um, and you see, like, all these games – Honestly, that that game what was it that high? What? Oh my gosh! What is it called? The eighties themed game, the new battle royale. I thought oh, radical it, heights. Radical heights. Yeah, I just said high. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that that was like an expansion of Fortnite because it looks almost just like it. Like they're just like the way the design of it is because it's like super pop, like everything pops and stuff. It's, yeah. It's going to fall at big developers are talking about throwing them into their like those types of games into their games, too. And it's just oh going to be so God. oversaturated Don't talk to me about well, that. Didn't, Don't talk to me about that. Didn't we shit. I, I feel like didn't, didn't we argue about whether or not that uh, this would wind up as like a, a mode in Call of Duty? I feel like we had a debate about that. And I think I, so. Yeah, I think Battlefield five announced I that thought, there's a mode. I thought it. they had more respect for themselves. <laughs> I thought they had more respect for themselves. Like, yo, no. you're not some indie developer. You're Activision with your with your flagship title, essentially Call of Duty. You're skipping single player, and odds are they're skipping single player because they're going to be putting in this battle royale mode. That's where they're going to be focusing their energies, as opposed to making a single player. They're going to put in as a battle royale mode. And for Battlefield, they're also talking about making a Battle Royale mode for Battlefield, right? Mm -hmm. Which doesn't make fucking sense <laughs> for Battlefield. Like, for Battle... for It makes more sense for Call of Duty to have it as a mode than Battlefield. I when mean, technically speaking... <laughs> technically speaking, with Battlefield, you already have that 50 versus 50 on different sides of the map thing, you know? So I guess technically speaking, maybe it does work with them because they kind of have that going on. But the individual player battle royale, like no, like that doesn't work well with call with fucking battlefield. So I just thought about that now. See, fresh thoughts on the mash cast. <laughs> but the individual player one, no, that does not work out well. Uh, that makes I shouldn't say it doesn't work out well, but it doesn't make any sense. I just thought they had more respect for themselves, like be be an industry leader. Like people used to copy you. 
Call of Duty. And people used to copy you, Battlefield. Now you're copying them? Bruh. I mean, money. That's, that's like Overwatch with, Overwatch with Brigitte. Brigitte is like, a, there's a character in, oh my god, what is the other one called? It's made by the same people who make Smite. Oh my Not Paladins, god. is it? Paladins, that's it. Okay. The Brigitte is a copy of a character in Paladins. Isn't Wait, Paladins they copied like- Brigitte from another game? Well, I don't want to say they copied her, per se, but it's, just, it's the same idea. It's the same idea. Isn't Paladins kind of like a copy of Overwatch, though? That's what everybody says. It's like but, copyception? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Paladins had the unfortunate timing of releasing their trailer after Overwatch. Unfortunately for them. The ideas, more than likely, with how close the games came out to each other, more than likely the ideas were developed at the same time. Like it's not that's not unheard of. Like, I just want to say happen. though, Paladins doesn't ha- already has that bad track record, and they're coming out with the battle royale mode. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 rough. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's first of all, like, I don't like the wording of the article. Battle royale threatens a repeat of MOBA bloodbath. There was no MOBA bloodbath. There was League of Legends, there was Heroes of New Earth, there was Dota 2, and then there was everybody else. You know, there was the all, all the other games that nobody really played, you know, like nobody really played, nobody really cared about. They'll pop up and they would die. The only game I would say that really had a, had even uh, had some fight in them between the three um uh, and still died was Heroes of New Earth. Heroes of New Earth eventually, I'm pretty sure they closed the servers down. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe it's still up, but I don't hear about anybody playing it anymore, you know? And I, I, I actually, something in this article, they say, let's see, they say the cost of moving, no, that's not it, sorry. <laughs> Adding spit and polish to an existing game system isn't something existing players will care about that deeply. Which I think is pretty true, especially in terms of this generation. But the I don't want to say the problem I have with that, the the kind of issue I have with that, right, is that that's how games kind of got better over time. Somebody would make a game, new idea. Somebody else takes that idea, adds on to it, polishes it, puts that game out. Somebody takes that game and takes all those features and polishes it and does other things with them. But the the issue with new games, for example, like League of Legends, Dota, and Heroes of New Earth, is that they look almost the same. They look almost exactly the same. And they have the same character archetypes. The same thing with the Battle Royale games. The only difference between Fortnite and PUBG is that you can build yourself a ramp and <laughs> And, and Fortnite, because nobody builds forts in fucking Fortnite. Oh, I was going to say, and forts, because I just learned that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> you know, Radical Heights is almost the same as, uh, you know, PUBG, except I think you can save money and buy stuff out of the matches. That will probably help you in the next match. Um, I know Hunt Showdown is definitely probably the most different I've seen, because I know in that game, I think you have to hunt, either hunt down somebody or hunt down like some treasure or something like that. And then when you get the treasure, you now have to get out alive. Like basically, once you get a treasure, everybody knows 
where you are. You get whatever this thing you're looking for. Everybody knows where you are, and you have to make it to an extraction point or something like that. That doesn't sound like fun to me, by the way. That sounds stressful as shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't. That does not sound fun to me at all. It sounds like kill the man with the ball. Yeah, like I'm. I, I don't like it. But yeah, I think that that it, it's a stark difference, like you know, between like that. And that's why, and I think that's why nobody's really hopping from game to game because there's not that big of a difference. Whereas if you look at uh, Quake Three Arena and Unreal Tournament, Unreal Tournament doesn't really exist, in my opinion, uh, as it did, unless you have Quake Three Arena. So you look at Quake Three Arena and you're like, man, this is cool, this is dope. What is it missing? Oh, it's missing movement. If you had better movement, this game would be better. Also, if the textures didn't look like shit, this game would look amazing. Because that's what Unreal was built around. Unreal was built around the Unreal Engine, which was supposed to make your games look amazing. And at the time, it fucking did. It really looked... There was a stark difference between Unreal Tournament and Quake 3 Arena. And then when you actually played the game, the mechanics were different. So you can actually play both games at the same time, right? You can play both games... uh, Actually, there were players who played tournaments in both games... And this game had this set of guns, while this game had this set of guns. This game, you could bunny hop, while this game, you could, uh, you know, side strafe, you know. Then by the time you get to 2K4, you could do some crazy off-the-wall double jump, wall dodge, put rockets on somebody's head, and then land while still running forward with the flag. It was awesome, you know. But, you know, that's, I think that's where you see, uh, you know, a pretty big difference there, right? That's how, you know, you had... Rainbow Six versus like Counter Strike Two, right? I mean, Counter Strike is a type of tactical game, but then you also have Rainbow Six. It's also uh, tactical, but in a different way. Like the play styles feel a bit different. So I, I don't know. <sighs> I think if the games weren't so identical, you know, because a battle royale game is you start in the sky, whether it's a bus or you're just falling out of the sky, you land in a place over time. The zones just get smaller and smaller and smaller, and that's it. And it's like the same thing with League of Legends, right? League of Legends is like, they, all the maps look the same. They all look the same across all the games. You have a middle lane, a, top, a left lane, and a bottom lane. That's it. I mean, I I can't argue with that, but as far as like the, the polishing the games and stuff, I mean, they've already kind of did that because Battle Royale games have been around for a while because they had the Minecraft Battle Royale that they came out with, like the Hunger Games or whatever was the Battle Royale, and H1Z1 was basically that. And then PUBG came out, refined it, and then everybody's like, oh yeah, let's do that too. I think the big bloodbath, and you don't see it as much with MOBAs because those games nobody really cared about. At the time, that was really big, but looking back at it, it's like, yeah, there were other games, whatever. I think that's kind of what we're in the middle of, where everything's trying to rise and trying to be the PUBG or, I mean, like the League or, you know, the Dota version of that, I think is what he's trying to point out. Well, if history teaches them anything, the winner will be the one that puts the most money behind their esports. That's how League won. That's how League won. Do they have? Me? Do they have like leagues with it? Because the problem with these games is one, they're not. PUBG's out have now, but e- yeah, 
But they're all yeah. random. They're like RNG, though. That's the problem with the games is they're like well, very that's RNG based. That's why I don't think they should be esports. But yeah, it's like that's that's just the game the way it works. You drop down in a certain area. You get random drops. I mean, that's it. Like actually, let me see if I can find it. H1Z1 just took a picture in Vegas of their esports arena. I guess to be fair, though, Hearthstone does do the same thing, kind of. So you still have to have knowledge in the game, but there are a lot of things that are very RNG based. So that's and that's very heavily um, supported. But I yeah, I mean, I don't believe in RNG when it comes to esports. The most RNG you should have is a coin flip. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you have several first? coin flips. <laughs> yeah. It's just- yeah, I was like, the, like, there's so much in this game that's. And these games are just left up to to random, you know, in terms of the battle royale, not necessarily the, uh, like, the um, MOBAs, right? So, yeah, I mean, that, but, yeah, they are, like, trying to build up esports scenes because everybody's still trying to build up esports scenes. But I know H1Z1, as a fact, definitely, like, from what I saw, like, if I could describe the picture I saw, it was, like, a stage... And a bunch of PCs and a circle around each other. Like 20 or 30 PCs in a circle around each other. Is there a chicken dinner in the middle of the circle? <laughs> I'm really trying to find out. I'm, tr- I'm really trying to find. Here we go. Ah, yes. Here we go. I, I got it. I got it. Um, maybe, I'll, uh, maybe I'll make this the picture for the episode. Look at that picture. That's what I, that's H1Z1 kicks off era of Battle Royale esports events with Las Vegas tournament. What? I look at that shit. I think those are teams, though. The co- the chairs are colored differently. It looks like those rides that you go on that spin really fast. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's going to like rise up and then turn on its side and everybody's just going to be spinning like, like a Gravitron or something. <laughs> Yeah. So and, and yeah, this is like an esports arena, but they'll have looks, looks, looks to be five hundred to six hundred seats for spectators. I'm pretty sure that's bigger than the Blizzard esports arena. It probably is. The Blizzard esports arena is not that big. It's like four hundred people fit there. Yeah. So yeah, but they are trying to make this the esports. But that's the thing, right? I mean, to me, co- competitive gaming and esports is really about removing cheese and having the best play the best right you remove the cheesy shit out of the game and you rely on pure skill whether that or in strategy you know depending on the type of game like smash brothers final destination no items exactly right (laughs) (laughs) that's what you do you need to remove the cheese from the game and then basically at that point the thing that turns it from being a game to an esport is that people are playing it at the meta level right they're breaking down the components of the game, figuring out how each component works, and then maximizing their, you know, I guess essentially their returns with each portion of, you know, those pieces. That's what they're doing. But in this, your group drops down. Somebody, man, you know, do they just randomly get a, a really good gun? You know, that could turn the entire tide of the fight. You know, the, the entire, that could just change the entire tide of the entire game. It's like super random. And I, to me, those aren't necessarily what I would consider esports. Now, if you're talking about esports with people just competing at random shit and you're doing it for the spectacle, sure. I guess if that's what you can, if, if that's what esports is going to be. 
but that's not really sustainable to me. You know what I'm saying? Imagine if the NFL actually worked like the XFL. <laughs> you know, like how many people would, would watch the NFL like that? See, I'm really, I'm not a competitive, I, I am competitive. That's why I don't play competitive games because they make me too angry. And I have really, really bad RNG. If anybody's ever watched my speed runs before, they would know. Um, it can't be worse than mine. I, hmm, you would I, get get on one before I did. <laughs> I can't. I can't play. That's why I never played Hearthstone because every time I would play and it was something that was RNG required, I would die. Like that was it. Because RNG just hates me. All right. Yeah. So I can't. I couldn't. I would be so angry because you're paying money. You're flying out to these places. You're paying money to like play in these games, uh, and you know whatever funds that that follows up with. I can't do that. And then lose because someone shot me in the face with a rocket launcher the first five seconds that I like landed on the ground. Right, exactly. Yeah, like there's especially yeah with these art with these, uh, you know, battle royale games. There's no adjustment period. You know, like you just get what you get and that's it. Versus other esports where everybody's on the same playing field, you know what kind of to expect. Even if your game has a hundred different characters to play from, everybody has access to those characters. Everybody knows what could be expected, and that way you can plan based off of that. You know, was this gonna go off like rounds? Like they're gonna do like rounds of this? You know, like it's kind of it's, it's kind of the thing. I, I I don't know. Like usually in other esports, you have like an adjustment periods. I mean, like in Overwatch League, the fusion just they got reverse swept twice by the NYXL because the NYXL, like as they're playing the game, they have a chance to figure things out and turn things in their favor using their skill and their strategy, not random shit that happened. A lot you know? of you see that a lot in fighting games too, where a lot of people kind of just sometimes I think people more analyze the first couple matches instead of like actually fighting to like kind of figure out their play style. So that way they can kind of turn it around, you know? Yeah. You can't do that with me. I'd land and get a slingshot like every time. (laughs) That's it. I can't do it. Yeah, I thought you were going to say something, Nick. Like, you were nah, smiling. He's just shaking I, I, his head. I'll tell you later. <laughs> there was some heavy self-editing going on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of this being like, a, will it be a repeat of MOBAs? I think so, absolutely. Uh, because everybody's trying to get a piece. They see that it's popular. Everybody wants to, to, to kind of get in there. But it's it's like the same thing that happened when Call of Duty was huge. You got to go a bunch of Call of Duty clones, and a lot of them just end up losing money. And then MOBAs and then MMOs were the things thing for a while. You know that note. Like I'm trying to think, like who even survived that? I think <laughs> did Star Wars. Is this still the old Republic? There's, they didn't shut that down yet, did they? Oh, the uh, uh, the uh, the old Republic. Yeah, yeah, that's still up. Yeah, the only thing yeah. I think really came even close is Final Fantasy fourteen the yeah. second time around. Yeah, this, that's yeah. A- actually that's that's the one that has actually had uh, revenue that even at all you know equatable to to what World of Warcraft is pulling in. Uh, right. But the, but the rest of them, the problem is the only way the rest could survive is they all went free to play. You know, they had their little subscription packs, but then they went free to play. Um, you know, WoW is still you know fifteen dollars a month that they you know take from me. 
Like, you know, they got an IV in my, they're just taking my blood. <laughs> that was a bad sign for ESO when that went free to play. People mm-hmm. were like, are well, you going to play it? I was like, yeah. It's it not. It, I mean, it, I mean it, it's the kind of thing where it actually works better for them because they're able to get, you know, the, the whales will pay way more than the number of people, everybody just playing a, fat, a flat fee. But uh, yeah, I mean, Blizzard, to, to their credit, they've monetized wow in ways that other games couldn't i mean setting it up so that you can buy gold with your battle net balance or conversely uh you know use gold to buy battle net balance um you know the fact that you can sort of pour money in and take money out and they get a, a you know a cut of the money every time you do a transaction like that i mean that basically they've upped the price of the subscription by like five dollars without telling anybody and that's you know that, that's brilliant on their part yeah, that's an actually I never thought about that before. Even like games going free to play was like a fad, right? And I, I, I'm trying to think: can you really blame these? Who can you blame for that? And I want to say it's DC Universe Online. I would have thought Valve. I mean, is, isn't Team Fortress Two going free to play? Isn't that sort of one of the? It did, but it didn't go free to play until after. Like, it, Team Fortress did not need to go free to play to save itself, right? It actually had a pretty healthy player base. But Valve, you know, they went free to play because, you know, it would increase the player base more and they made more money hand over fist. But, like, in terms of to actually save your game, DC Universe Online was the first game I could really think of that did that. And it worked out very well for them. I mean, I did play DCU for a while. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. When, when it went free to play, it did take like three years for me to download it. But it's, yeah, I did play it pretty hardcore. Right. Yeah. Like, actually, I played it myself quite a bit it's a game that i just wouldn't have tried you know i was a hero but i did villain things i shouldn't have done that <laughs> <laughs> i think i was a villain uh, I, I, I you know I, my, my hero used to be able to fly and i would kind of just hover around the area where the low level villains would be and i wouldn't kill them i would just chase them oh. i would just chase them and fly around with them and i keep hitting them to knock them out of the sky <laughs> and I'll just keep doing that over and over again when I was bored. They were probably like <laughs> ten year olds, like uh, trying this game out for the first time. You're destroying all their hope. Yeah, I, was, I, I wasn't killing them. I was just like I would just fly behind them and hit about the sky. They drop down because you drop down like a like, like you know like maybe I don't know like fifty to hundred feet, and you could catch yourself and keep flying or something like that. It was like it was essentially a stun, right? I'd be flying, I'd stun, they fall. I let him get back up. I fly by instead of ball. Oh, man. It's a lot funnier than my head than it probably sounds. <laughs> so what I've learned is to not play games with you. Got it. I don't do that now. Maybe. I don't know. The last MMO I played was actually Final Fantasy XIV. I just couldn't keep... I, I don't know. I, well, at the time, there was no PvP. I don't know if there's still no PvP in it. There's PvP in it. It's just not um, in the overworld. It's like a side thing that you can do. Uh, when I played, there was no PvP, and like for an MMO to work out for me, I can't like it has to have PvP because that's what I play for. You know, I, I play to play against other people. I really don't care about getting that piece of armor, so I can run a dungeon again just to get another piece of armor. So I can run a dungeon again just to get another piece of armor. So I can have an armor set. I don't care about that. I want to tell you I right now my- that all of those dungeons that I've run, that I've run like millions of times, every time I go into it is like a first time going into it because I never remember any of these mechanics thank god i'm not a tank yeah 
yeah, no, I want my armor set to do something against real people. <laughs> he was like, I earned this. I earned this victory. I don't even know how you PvP know. works. I did it twice, and I just followed people around and spammed here, and that was it. Mm. I was forced to do it when Stormblood dropped. Gotcha. No, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's. I, I think it's uh, it's obvious. We all kind of expected that there's going to be a lot more battle royale games coming out. I think it's going to be unfortunate that a lot of developers are going to turn their attention toward battle royale games. I mean, like look at uh, Lawbreakers. They've stopped development on it. The servers are still up. You can still play the game. The community is healthy. Not sorry, community is not healthy. That's a lie. But, um, <laughs> you know, people will still play the game, but, uh, you know, they've stopped development on it. And now they're working on Radical Heights because they need something that's going to generate money. Right. And, but, but the thing is that worked out for them. Radical Heights got a ton of attention. It I mean, did. If, if, if they were just one of these games that was going to be swept by the wayside, we wouldn't be mentioning them right now. But they they happen to be up when the Fortnite servers went down. And sometimes that's all you need is to be in the right place at the right time. That's true. They also caught a lot of attention because people were giving them flack by, oh, didn't you have a game that copied Overwatch already? I'm like, look, you little shit. You know, you, just because a game has heroes in it doesn't mean it's copying Overwatch, right? Or has classes, essentially. Not even heroes. Classes. Actually, if anything, Lawbreakers is closer to Team Fortress than it is to Overwatch because of the limited number of classes that you have. You know? I would say Lawbreakers is like Team Fortress meets Unreal. Because still, Cliffy B's big thing is movement and agility. Like, that, I, I think people really underestimate those features in a shooter. That's what takes a shooter just from being about you being able to track somebody to you being able to move, right? That's like, instead of just, you know, playing basketball, now you're playing basketball with somebody, or you have to, you have, to have great ball handling skills to play basketball. That's what movement does for shooters. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I think it sucks that Lawbreakers never got a fair shake in the community. It's a really, really fun game. I do really enjoy it. And I would have played it more if, it, if I didn't run an Overwatch podcast and I didn't have a bunch of people to play Overwatch, but I would have definitely played it more, but I definitely couldn't dedicate a lot of time, enough time to like, like I do like with Overwatch, but it's still a pretty awesome game. What I wish they would do and they do this before Blizzard does it. I wish they would release like modding tools for the game, uh, allow you know pu- allow public dedicated servers, you know stuff like that. Uh, obviously, it's a little bit difficult when you have you know matchmaking at their level. You know that when you have matchmaking at the level that is being done now, but then that way the people who love the game could take care of it on their own, and the community could take care of itself, and it could spawn something really great. I don't think, I mean, we've talked about this before and and I just don't think the market forces are there for people to really lean into public servers and stuff. I feel like that the time has passed. No, like, because there's a ton of public servers in Counter-Strike. Tons of public servers. You do not have to play on Valve servers when you play Counter-Strike. Actually, the best servers are not Valve servers when you play Counter-Strike. Battlefield. People still running public servers for those. Valve, well, when Counter Strike is by no means a, a new game, but, right? But right. They, like, it still has a very recent game. CS:GO. The bulk of servers for CS:GO are not owned by Valve; they're owned by the community. And like I said, 
Battlefield 4, Battlefield 3 servers still up. Battle actually Bond and reinstalled uh Battlefield Bad Company 2. People still running servers for that. So no, the time has not passed. <laughs> <laughs> the time has not passed. The biggest challenge I would say is that uh you know you would either have to connect to the server manually, which you know you just need a server list for that. Or if you're somebody trying to do matchmaking, that means your server has to register on a master server list, which means it needs to be up to some type of standard, uh, you know, is for people to play on. So, but like that, you know, if the community did that, they would definitely be able to take care of themselves and make modifications and things like that. I, mean, I think the most popular games that exist right now wouldn't exist if in the two, early 2000s, do game developers have the same, uh, and publishers have the same mentality they have right now. Counter-Strike wouldn't exist. League of Legends wouldn't exist. Dota 2 wouldn't exist. Those games would not exist without mods. Because all those games uh, spur, uh, you know, came directly from modifications. Hit markers wouldn't exist. Hit sounds and shooters would not exist. Because nobody was putting that shit into their games. The community built mods that put that shit into the games. Isn't sort of hasn't sort of the rise and proliferation of indie games though kind of replaced the modding scene as far as where innovation happens i mean PUBG is from mods basically games are modded and then they're like oh let's actually make this into its own game yeah because it did it, it, like what was like um it wasn't it wasn't h1 maybe it was h1z what was h1z1 called Day- world war z or daisy that's daisy, it yeah uh, daisy was a mod wasn't that an armor mod I don't know. It's like I th- I think mods it was, yeah. mods. Exactly. That's an armor mod. Ar- Arma. I said armor mod. But yeah, like mods have a lot to do with how games are played right now. You know, there's a lot of features in games that didn't exist without mods. Like, um, perfect example. Like, you know, in Overwatch, your enemies have like that red outline. You know, well, you don't know because you guys don't play Overwatch. But your en- enemies have like a red outline, like so you know that they're enemies. They're not allies. You don't conv- get confused when you see your McCree and an enemy McCree. And that started from enemy skins, which was a modification for older shooters that somebody built, so that when you're playing competitively and this guy has you, you, you know, your ally has the gorge skin and they have the gorge skin, you know that though they look different enough like those are mods that were that were made you know by a community so the modding scene i gaming just wouldn't be what it is if in the early 2000s or throughout the 2000s you know even before the 2000s you know game developers always had the same ideas they have now i mean the only the only publisher that i know of that really still supports modding is Valve because you can get the mod kit. You know, you, you can get a modding kit with uh, just by having Half Life. You know, but you, you keep going back to Valve, but the problem is Valve never wants to do anything that most of the other publishers are doing. Valve just wants to put their games out and then be done with it. <laughs> like they, they don't really, they don't even want to run a company. It feels like they don't. It feels like they. It really feels like Valve doesn't want to run a company. They have a super relaxed management structure, from what I hear too. Yeah, the, yeah, the people just come in and they move their desks wherever they need to move their desks, and it's a very flat management structure. So yeah, it's oh my god, I I, I lied. It's not just Valve; it's also Epic. Sorry about that. Epic, you can do mods with no problem because you get Unreal Engine for free. You know, 
So yeah, like, but you can build an entire game with the Unreal Engine. Technically speaking, you can build an entire game with Hammer as well. Actually, I don't know if it's still called Hammer or not. I don't know if they have a different tool. What used to be called Hammer. But yeah, I mean, you can build a mod with the Unreal Engine, or you can build an entire game. That's up to you. That's up to you. But Epic does also still allow modding. Maybe Crytek, if you have the Cry Engine, you can build mods. I don't know. I don't know too much about the Cry Engine, so I, I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Mods don't get the respect that they do, man. They 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 are what's pushing gaming forward. You know, yeah, we wouldn't have battle royale games without mods. It looks like, you know, because then Daisy turned to H1Z1, which is a battle royale game. Yeah. Hmm. Oh well. Enough of that, Nick. Yeah, yeah, you, you kicked my ass on that. That's fine. <laughs> I guess let's talk about false sense of accomplishment. And it's something I thought about when I beat Wolfenstein or as I'm playing Wolfenstein, right? Not just the newest Wolfenstein, but Wolfenstein from 2014 and the uh, the, the expansion or the, the DLC as well. And like I said, I did play, I played Wolfenstein on the second hardest difficulty. So it wasn't on a lower difficulty. So maybe your experience will be different on a lower difficulty. But on a higher difficulty, you know, when I would go through an area and almost get my ass whooped, you know, or get torn apart or died a bunch of times and then finally made it through the actual part that I was supposed to make it through, it felt amazing, right? It felt like I actually accomplished something. The difficulty I played on for Wolfenstein 2 is called, they call me Terror Billy. And they call him Terror Billy because he's supposed to be this unstoppable force, right? This unstoppable force is tearing through enemies despite whatever they throw at him. If I was playing on an easier difficulty, and I'm just kind of, kind of like blowing these guys down with no problem, getting shot up, and the, you know nothing really happens, I don't think I would have really felt like Terror Billy. But by the time I got done with that fucking game, I, w- I was Terror Billy. Like, I went through the gauntlet and I made it, you know? Because if you play Wolfenstein, I-, I can't even imagine what it's like on the hardest difficulty. Because on the second hardest difficulty, you take a few shots and you're dead. Like, that's it. You know, so a lot of Wolfenstein, like, playing Wolfenstein, a lot of it had to do with moving and not being shot. <laughs> moving, not being shot while shooting other people. You know, and it really felt like it really gave you a sense of accomplishment and it really draws you into the game. Like when they call you Terribillion, they're telling these, you know, monster stories about you. You can see how that looks from their perspective when they're throwing everything they have at you and you are ripping through it. Because that's how you have to play Wolfenstein at that difficulty. You can't just kind of sit back and try to hide behind cover and pop out and take shots because you'll die. You actually have to get out in front of them and fuck them up. You know? Same thing with Doom on a harder difficulty. Same thing. You just gotta get out there, fuck them up. (laughs) You know? And it makes you feel really good and it gives you this great sense of accomplishment. And it's just a sense of accomplishment you don't really have in a lot of games. You know? And some games try to force that sense of accomplishment on you and i guess maybe the 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 name of the topic maybe sense of a false sense of accomplishment may be wrong because it's more like a feeling right like take call of duty like the modern warfare series uh how they constantly try to make you feel something they're constantly trying to you know 
tug at the heartstrings, right? You know, Modern Warfare, you have the scene where the helicopter gets knocked down because uh, a nuclear blast, and, you know, that was a little much, people felt. And then in, in Modern Warfare 2, every other mission had a slow-motion death scene, right? You know, and then it just kept blowing shit up. Oh, there's a nuke from space. Ah, they just blew up the Eiffel Tower. This is some serious shit going on, guys. Like, that's how, that's how they wanted to make you feel, and it just didn't feel like it. It felt goofy. It felt stupid. Like, in Battlefield 3, somebody shooting an RPG down a hallway at you, like, and you slow motion dodging it. That doesn't make me feel like a badass. That makes me, man, this is some goofy shit. That's, that's how it makes me feel. Like, this is some dumb, goofy shit, right? And then you have other games that do try to make you feel something, and actually, because of the difficulty of what you just did, the result, the result of what they do, like, kind of makes you feel like. So I'm gonna talk about God of War now. I guess I was gonna, like the original God of War. You know, you go through like one of these, uh, I guess, boss fights, or, um, you know, uh, one of the harder fights that they they put you through. And when you get finished with the fight, they put on like this grand music. That you just, you know, because you just beat it, right? And I'm like, oh, man, that was really epic. That fight was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> you know, like, that fight was fucking, like, ridiculous. And then they put on this music after the fact that makes it like, oh, you've accomplished this. Congratulations. I'm like, well, thank you. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how it makes you feel. So a game like that kind of makes you feel good, but. I don't know, like, over the years, it's been getting worse and worse and worse because game developers and publishers figured out that the more accessible you make a game, the more people are going to play that game, you know? So they present these, like, small little challenges for you, you know, like, oh, hop over the cardboard box, and you hop over the cardboard box, and, like, fireworks come out, and people are playing trumpets for you, and, like, you know, this just this undeserved sense of accomplishment for doing the the easiest fucking thing. But go ahead. So I was going to say, do you think trophies and achievements would fall under that too? Because, I mean, there's some games, I mean, for one, they don't even do anything for you. It's just kind of a status. Um, But there's some games where you turn the game on and it's literally like, hey, trophy, you turn the game on. (laughs) Woohoo! Yeah, exactly. I mean, trophies, they, they... they are built to give you like a sense of accomplishment. And then you could blame Xbox for that with the gamer points when they started that shit. Uh, and at first, like you'd actually have to kind of do something like at least finish a level or something like that. Oh, nice. Now you can track progress. Now you get just trophies for fucking anything. In God of War, if you die enough, you die, you get a, you get a trophy for dying. Well, I was going to say, I didn't get my first trophy until I played like an hour into the new God of War. And I, was, I actually felt better about that. Like, wow, I actually accomplished something to get a trophy. Not just, I took my first step. Woohoo. Yeah, but this, this, this goes back well before trophies. I mean, this goes back to RPGs and the whole leveling mechanic where... Especially early on, they want you leveling, you know, getting a level every, you know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever, so that you get used to this pattern of like, oh, hey, I did some stuff, I got a reward. And then you get those rewards, and that's what fuels you to keep going. And that's the same thing with achievements and trophies. You get, you, they, they give you those easy achievements, so you're aware of the achievement system, and you're like, oh, hey, what's this that popped up? You know, I got, a, I got a little thing that lit up for logging in, and then you look, and then you see, you know, here's the award for logging in. Here's the reward for, you know, logging in like 1,500 times. Here's the reward for beating all the bosses, you know, all that stuff. And 
you know, that's just, that's, it's, it's the first hit is free. That's what it is, is the first hit is free. And that's, that's where I think a lot of your gripes are coming from is that a lot of these things that they tell you like, Hey, you're special for what you achieved. They're just telling you that because they want to get you hooked and, and coming back to their game to keep feeling special. Well, yeah, that I think that like, goes into the accessibility piece. Like they want you to feel good for what you just did. Even if what you just did was like nothing, like it should be expected for you to be able to beat this person, you know, or, or do this thing. Or in the case of Call of Duty, and we've talked about it before, there's some Call of Duties that have segments where you don't even have to shoot anybody. You literally, if you do not pull the trigger, either your AI friend will kill everybody for you, or you could just go through the motions of the level and that's it. You don't have to fire a single uh, button. Why are, we, why are we complaining about Call of Duty teaching people to be pacifists? <laughs> Oh, fuck you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too tired to retort. <laughs> no, but, um, no, like, and I call it is just one example. Like, tons of games do this, right? Where, uh, you know, you're, you're rewarded for, in some way, for, uh, I guess, not doing anything that impressive. I mean, actually, I think Overwatch has that problem now where they're trying to balance the game for the low end of the players and the high end of the players. Like they want characters in the game that if you suck at shooters, you can come and play this character and still kill people and still accomplish stuff. Cause they want you to feel good about that. But if you are seasoned at shooters, they, you have these characters that, which, which, you know, which characters are these that you can suck and play well as, cause I did not try them on my free weekend. Junkrat. Generally speaking, Junkrat, you can suck and play as, uh, I'm trying to think who else, Reaper. At certain levels, you don't have to be that good with them. You just got to be able to aim, get their head in the circle. Yeah, and, I'm not good at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then stick to Junkrat then, or like um, a Mercy. Obviously, the, the, these characters do ramp up. Like At least there is, for, some, for, like, for these characters, there is like a learning curve, you know? To, uh, but at the same, at the end of the day, like you know, if you hop into the game and you play like McCree or Tracer, you're gonna get your ass whooped. But if you just hop into the game and hop onto a Junkrat, uh, you know, or a Reinhardt, you can do some pretty serious damage. You can accomplish a goal. Like with Reinhardt, just hold down the right click and keep your shield up. Great job. <laughs> great job on not letting your teammates die like, you know so overwatch kind of has that problem where they have a middle of the road balancing philosophy and you know uh, and they do that because they want to make it accessible you know because overwatch is about accessibility and diversity and you know stuff like that so but yeah but, that's go ahead but do you think though i mean to, i know you're being a little bit uh hyperbolic and saying like you get an achievement for logging in but don't you think that most people, though, they can see, especially, I mean, for as, as inundated as we've been with achievement systems and stuff along those lines, that we know when an achievement means something and we know when we're just getting lights on the screen to be like, oh, hey, like, you know, here, here's just, you know, you know, some eye candy, basically that like I would think, you know, like getting an achievement for beating a random boss in the game, you know, if, if, if like if you felt the fight was hard, then you're going to feel the sense of achievement there. But if you didn't feel the fight was hard and you got the achievement, you're not going like, oh, yeah, the game said that was all like, no, you're not you're not really taking you're not getting your sense of pride from what the achievement tells you. I guess that, that, go ahead. Go ahead, Christy. Uh, I mean, yes and no. It de- I think it all depends on the person, really. Uh, it, like, like 
music and things like that and getting trophies and stuff really like uh not messes but like does pull people's emotions in certain ways so you as a like someone who sees that stuff will be like i didn't do anything but someone like a kid that's playing a game for the first time they're like oh my god i got something i'm so cool like it's it's the i think it really depends on the person well that's a kid though like like i would think at some point I mean, if, if you're going to be invested in the game, you're going to sort of get into the community on some level and you're going to go looking and you're going to find out like what what it really means to play that game, what it really means to, you know, like like which bosses are the hard bosses. I mean, if you go back and you look at like, you know, Final Fantasy seven, I mean, you know, the the the, the emerald and uh, ruby weapons, you know, they were the the hard bosses of that game and you had to like find them to know like that's really where the sense of achievement is like yeah you still got a sense of achievement beating the game proper because you like you know you got the reward of the story and seeing how everything completed out but to really find like oh like what's the real test you know the real test you know getting knights of the round beating the 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 ruby weapon beating the emerald weapon and then and even then the emerald weapon wasn't that hard but you know beating those and and like i think i think that yeah, it's easy at first to be like, oh, yeah, people are going to see the easy stuff and they're going to be like, they're, they're you know, they're going to get a sense of achievement when they didn't really do much. But I think that and, and I guess maybe maybe some people will. They won't go digging. But I think if you go digging at all, you'll find what the real challenges are and you'll 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 learn to appreciate them and actually go for them. I'm going to let me say something first. I'm going to let you go, Christy. I'm going to take <laughs> your example and I'm going to flip it upside down. <laughs> okay. Specifically for Final Fantasy VII. I'm actually glad you picked that game. Um, so, yes, those extra bosses like Ruby Weapon and stuff like that, yet yeah, they were extra bosses that were really difficult at the end of the game. And there was a huge sense of accomplishment of getting that. But with that game in particularly, you wouldn't just play Final Fantasy VII and just beat it. There's a lot of people who would play through Final Fantasy VII and maybe hit a boss that they couldn't beat or get to the end of the game and they couldn't beat the game, you know, because they weren't leveled up enough because they didn't have the proper strategy. They didn't know what to do, stuff like that. But a lot of games now you'll beat the game just by playing it. <laughs> you know, like, just, like the game is designed so that you'll just go through the game and you'll beat and play it. Like that's kind of it, you know? I think that might be why I played persona five on hard mode because I didn't want it to be a, I'm just going to kick down these doors and shoot everybody in the face and win. I wanted to make sure it was a challenge, something that I spent a lot of time on. I mean, to be fair, everybody that played that game and beat it spent like a hundred plus hours for the most part in it. But yeah, and I guess even with like Wolfenstein, if you put it on the, on the lowest difficulty, you should be able to both of the game. I think I got, I showed you a video of a guy playing it clearly on a low difficulty. He's getting a shit kicked out of him in terms of like getting shot and stuff like that. But he's just eating the shots. I don't, I don't even know if I saw his health go down that much. <laughs> so you can you can uh, do that with certain difficulties of the game. But I think a lot of games, like um, I don't know, even on the harder difficulties of Call of Duty, it's still it just means that you can take less hits. I guess technically speaking, but you know, for the most part, you can, you can kind of just walk through the game. You know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like beating the game, giving you a, sense, a false sense of accomplishment when you really didn't do anything. You kind of just played through a story. But I think most people know if they're playing on the easy mode, like that, 
and I mean, if you're talking about hard modes being too easy, I'd like to. I mean, unless you have a specific game, I'd like to disagree with you for the most well, part. Actually, I think. almost every almost every game's hard mode now is what normal used to be. I know Catherine's hard mode is like Japan's normal mode or something like that. Like a lot of games get scaled down. When they come to the United States, when, yep. Yeah, because we can't play games. We're really bad at them. Yeah, because Street Fighter, like the original Street Fighter 2, got slowed down. Like Street Fighter 2 Turbo, wasn't that just Street Fighter in Japan? I don't know. I, I know sure. they didn't release Lost Worlds here because they thought, like, Mario Lost Worlds yeah. or Mario 2 Mario or whatever. Mario 2, yeah, because it was too difficult. It was too difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, like, the, that, that one thing I am saying is that, you know, like, so playing Legendary on Halo used to actually mean something. It used to mean something. Like, you, you, it used to mean, like, yo, you, you really went through the gauntlet on this and you still beat the game. Now Legendary Mode is the first mode I just hopped to because it's, like, the the new like legendary I would say is the hard mode now, but it's not legendary. It's not like what it used to be. Yeah, I never played a game on hard mode really until I guess more recently, and I don't know if it's just because I want to put myself through more of a challenge because I feel like I've been like I've progressed, or I just feel like I don't know why I just start I've default pick harder modes. Even Doom on the hard difficulty is like normal what i would consider nor what, what, what normal used to be for a shooter and nightmare is the hard mode in that game you know but don't you think though that there's a movement calling for harder games i mean you see sort of the, the dark soulsification of games as it is where you get a game that like cuphead that comes out with a high difficulty everybody starts comparing it to dark souls or any anytime a game has any sort of challenge to it people start comparing it to dark souls i mean there, there's there's clearly you know, regardless of what players can or can't handle, I think there's clearly an audience out there for that type of game that are looking for a high difficulty, regardless of whether or not publishers think we can handle it. I mean, that is true. I mean, people do play Dark Souls and they really like Dark Souls, but Dark Souls is more of a, a trial, trial and, error. and error game. Like, you know, you just, you're walking, 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 whoop, fell through the earth because this is a trap door. <laughs> you know, like, now you know not to walk over that trap door anymore. Whereas with Cuphead, is different. With Cuphead, if you have the skills from the start of the game, you can make it through hard parts of the game if you have the skills. With Dark Souls, unless you are, uh, you know, a fucking fortune teller, you're just not going to know about some of that shit. Oh, watch out, because that ladder is going to break. You know, there's no way for you to really tell until it actually happens. I played Dark Souls 2, or I watched my friend play Dark Souls 2 for like two minutes, and there's like a well that you get to in the beginning of the game, and like Three feet into the well, there's an item that you can jump down and grab. So you jump down to grab it, and he died because he can't take that much fall damage. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So but- it's it's a little different. That's why I say Cuphead's kind of like in a, in a different class where it's like, if you're good enough, you could beat this on the first try. If you're good enough. <laughs> you know, if your reflexes are good enough. like If, it's, if you're not a, a games journalist. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. actually um that that brings up a good point though with like modes being like normal modes are like n- more easier because they're trying to there's a lot more people that are playing games now um and they're trying to appeal to a wider audience so they don't want their normal modes to be 
normal, I guess they want it to be more easy because they want people to feel accomplished when they play those normal modes. Like, oh, I didn't drop it down to easy. I'm, I'm, you know, fine or whatever. Um, so I guess that kind of falls into the same category. And as that what gives them saying. a false sense of accomplishment. And that gives them a false sense of accomplishment. <laughs> so the only way to avoid the false sense of accomplishment is to play on easy where you know that you're not being challenged. And therefore, when you beat it, you will not feel like you were challenged. Or you could just play on hard and <laughs> when you actually have accomplished something, you know? Easy mode for life. Yeah. And actually, it kind of affects, like, the... I think it affects the view of some games, right? Like, I've, I've played talk with some people who played Horizon Zero Dawn on, like, easy or a normal, I would say. And they're like, that game was, like, really easy. It wasn't even that enjoyable. It wasn't worth the 60 bucks. I'm like, what? Like, like what? Like... Because actually, when I've I've been hearing people talk about Wolfenstein and saying that the game isn't great, it just had a bunch of bullet sponge bosses and blah blah blah, all the all this stuff about it, and that's turned out like they're playing on the normal difficulty, you know. Like, like, dude, if you don't see blood on his face on the on the difficulty screen, don't even fucking talk to me about that, Wolfenstein. <laughs> but that's that's like when I play Madden, I play it on easy, and so like all my games wind up with me. It's never a question of can I win? It's a question of, I guess here's the thing. I adjust my sense of accomplishment accordingly because I'm not, my measuring stick is not if I can win the game. I know I'm going to win the game. I'm playing it on easy. My measuring stick is, can I get, you know, can, can I score on every drive? How many touchdowns can I get in an hour? You know, you know, barring, you know, what the offense or the defense is going to try to do. How many, can I have my quarterback just run for the entire game and still beat them? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for my sense of accomplishment in my own way. I'm sort of inventing my own achievements. I'm not, none of these are actually in the game. So to that degree, I feel like one, like, people should know like and, and maybe this is something games need to do more often is remind you like hey you're kind of kicking ass here maybe you should turn the difficulty up a level because you make that decision when you start a game where you know like at wolfenstein when you first you know start the game you, you pick the what the baby mode or whatever it is yeah and i don't know i mean and correct me if i'm wrong but does it ever show you that screen again later on or like once you pick easy mode and you have your save game going you're just that's it the only time it'll ask you if you want to get a change of difficulty is if you're dying a lot. Yeah, God of War does that too. It'll or remind I'll die. you, like, hey, you can always change your difficulty, pussy. Like, so it scales <laughs> down, but not up. Because maybe, that, and then maybe that's the problem. It should scale up because I think what you're saying is you're running into too many people who they don't, they, they, I, I feel like they forget, like, oh yeah, this can actually be a challenge. Like, if, if everybody's a bullet sponge, I should try it on the next difficulty up. Because usually I think once you beat a game, that's when you're like, okay, now I beat this. Now I can go through and try it on the next difficulty up. And sometimes you shouldn't wait that long. You know, if you're, if you're kind of looking for a little more edge, that's really when you should change the game. And, and oftentimes, you know, because you have these ongoing games, you know, where once the ga save game state is set, you know, you may not be able to change the difficulty on the fly. Yeah, and I, mean, I understand, like, how some people don't want to play games for difficulty or challenge. They actually do want to play kind of a story. They kind of want to play it through the uh, the game. Like, for example, I, I mean, I did play uh, Batman Arkham Knight. That's, like, that, that's just the one I popped in my head. I played it on a harder difficulty, but I didn't really have a desire to play on an even harder difficulty. I just kind of... I. There was nothing in that game that made me think, like, I'm not going to finish the game. I knew I was going to finish the game. Whereas there were parts of Wolfenstein where I would start a fight and I'd be getting my ass whooped 
And I would think to myself, I don't know if I can beat this. And then you beat it, and you're like, I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, like, I just didn't know. Like, the final boss fight in Wolfenstein, once I both... So I thought the six super soldiers were going to be the boss fight. And then these two new motherfuckers pop out with these huge guns, and I died the first, like, five times. I'm just thinking to myself, like, I don't even know how I'm going to beat this. I don't know. Until I figured out that, okay, well, if I don't use the laser craft on the super soldiers, if I just get the eight to ten consecutive headshots on all six of them, I can save the laser work, and then I can use the laser work on these guys. You know? And that was, like, a really big deal. For, well, not big deal, but that like that helps with the sense of accomplishment. That helps me enjoy the game more. When I... When I have it's like the, these awesome moments in these games, based on how the game actually plays itself, you know that that's that's pretty dope. That's pretty awesome. You know, but don't sites like Reddit and more so, I would say, I guess like let's plays and walkthroughs on YouTube. And I want I don't want to say I want to say game facts, but I think I'm dating myself and mentioning that. <laughs> um, but like when you because when you run into a challenge, you're like, how am I going to get past this? I don't know. Like it's like you're right. To be able to sit there and be like, well, I'm going to figure this out. That's how you get that sense of accomplishment. It really, it doesn't matter what difficulty you're playing on. Because if you're running into something that's a challenge to you, you, you know, knuckle down and figure out your way through it and you beat it. It doesn't matter if that's the first boss in a game, you know, on easy mode. If it was a challenge to you and you actually want to persevere and get through it, that's your sense of accomplishment. But the problem is that too many people now it's like, oh, well, how am I going to beat this boss? I'll just go, you know, watch this walkthrough. Oh, okay. I just have to, you know, whatever you were saying with the the, the guns and whatnot and, and attacking them. I'll just do that. And then you just, you know, at that point, it just becomes a matter of can I repeat this strategy that I just saw performed elsewhere? And, you know, and, and I mean, there's a certain, yes, there's a certain difficulty in repeating a strategy. But at the same time, if you've made it that far in the game, it shouldn't be too difficult for you to do that. That you're not, you're not really like. You're not educating yourself. You're not challenging yourself in the way that you're supposed to be challenged. You're just looking stuff up and then doing it. I will say, um, as of recent year, I fell into that trap like super hardcore where I'm like, oh, I can't figure this out two seconds later. Let me just Google it. Um, and I found it and I was like, OK, that's cool. Time to move on. But it's been, I don't know, maybe the past year, I've just completely separated myself from like, I'll get strategy guys, but I'll use them at the end of the game uh, where I'm like, I found everything I think I could. Let me just go back and find the rest of the stuff that I missed. Um, but it definitely makes me feel a lot better. And I know there's a lot of stuff that I've missed in God of War that I could see, but I couldn't figure out how to get to. And I'm like, maybe I'll get to it later. But I refuse to look it up because I don't, I feel like that's, that wastes, I don't know, it just like spoils a lot of it. Um, it does. But it's another... Like Oh, oh so go ahead. You, you weren't finished. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to throw it out there, too, because it really kind of sounds like we're shitting on people who don't play games on hard mode, and that's absolutely not what I want to make it sound like, because I don't care what level you play like your games at, um, but it's just definitely normal mode is not normal anymore, um, and a lot of people do complain, like, oh, that game was easy, and they play it on easy mode. Like, there's, of course, it was easy, but there's definitely people out there that don't have time to play games as much as I do, where they just want to know what's going on in the story. So you put it on easy mode to play through it, get the story, get your fill of the game. So, right. Well, actually, like you brought up, like, looking up strategy guides, like, I actually, I betrayed myself. I felt bad doing it for the God of War I'm playing now. 
because I just want to get to the new God of War, right? And I came across a boss or a boss fight where there's these three sirens. You got to fight them at the same time. And every time I kill one, they just respawn. They keep respawning. So I'm like, I must be doing something wrong. Like, what's the trick here that I'm missing? I'm going to look it up. And I actually felt bad doing it. But when I looked it up, I was like, oh, I'm going to do, I was, I was going to do that anyway. Essentially, I just had to keep <laughs> killing them. I was like, that's it. Like, I was just, that's, that's what I was doing. I wasn't, I wasn't patient enough. So I'm like, oh, okay, if that's the case, I'm going to double down on the killing. <laughs> and that's, that's what I did. I think God of War, basically, if you can't figure it out, just kill more stuff. I think it's yeah. typical. <laughs> well, that's how Wolfenstein is. Like, there is no gimmick. Just shoot it. Just shoot it. Keep shooting it. <laughs> did you try shooting it? <laughs> shoot it some more. Like, that's basically how Wolfenstein is, too. So... Um, actually, that's how Doom is too. Like, even if you don't see, you think you're not seeing results, it'll eventually start glowing, and you can go ahead and do your finisher on it. You know, but um, no, but I, I do feel you. And that Chris is like, I'm not, I'm not shitting on people who have to play on easy mode, right? What I'm saying is that the games are promoting war by like a false sense of accomplishment, and that's a compounding effect, right? It's not like it, 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 the games will just keep getting easier and easier and easier and easier because they want to attract more and more and more people. And people are expecting it like, you know, well, oh, I can't beat this thing. That must be that this game is ridiculous. Like I've talked to people who thought that Hotline Miami was ridiculously difficult when it's not, you know, um, it, it just isn't. But like. You know, like shooters in general. Now it's hard to find a good shooter because all the shooters are so easy. Shooters used to actually be really engaging, and there were tactics involved along with your, you know, aiming and moving and and stuff like that. And now it's just kind of like, okay, get behind this wall, right click the peek out, shoot, shoot, shoot. It's more like a shooting gallery, and to me, that's less fun. I feel like shooters now are more of a online environment and single player is a second thought so well single player is a second thought for call of duty and for battlefield so for the two for two big franchises yes but bethesda has been doing a phenomenal job well they focus mostly on the single player like that's their thing but like of course like call of duty battle like anybody that has like a multiplayer like they're not they're not doing anything with story they're just kind of throwing it in there uh, not necessarily, because the Doom multiplayer was good, despite what people said it was good. For, like, technically, from a technical standpoint and from a mechanical standpoint, the Doom multiplayer was good. Uh, and the single player was also really good. You had, for 60 bucks, you had both sides of the game. Really well, good. Well, that game but, was mostly focused on single player, right? I think like the multiplayer got like a like a bad rap because it wasn't Quake essentially like it wasn't like an arena shooter. I think a lot of people expected Doom to come out and it to be like more Quake like in the multiplayer, and it wasn't. I still enjoyed the single player. It's the single player. I enjoyed the multiplayer. I played that quite a bit for some time. So I mean, even that has an esports scene behind it. So everything has an esports scene. Yeah. So um. But no, like the, the single player is what gets the most credit from Doom. Now, Wolfenstein doesn't have a multiplayer at all, and it doesn't need one. Just like um, Bioshock Infinite, Prey, Bioshock, they don't need it because they're focused solely on the single player, you know. But Half-Life, even though they had Half-Life Deathmatch, but that was a mod, you know, back to our original conversation. <laughs> 
Oh, but yeah, the 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 you know the dumbing down of games. Essentially, I guess that's what the big problem is here, right? The false sense of accomplishment comes from them dumbing games down, and they just become less fun to play. So I think that's why when you get a game like Dark Souls, when you get a game like Hotline Miami, uh, you know, games like that are like you know people are like, oh my god, this is like a real game. It's difficult. You can actually you know real gamers play this game when you know. Basically, those games just kind of remove the cheese. Like, you know, they, they, they kind of take the cheese out of the game to things that help you along and, and let you just play it and figure it out. That's why actually I had a great time with, like, Ruiner, you know. Uh, that was, that's another, like, top-down, well, not top-down, but, like, isometric type of game, which, as you go through the game, they give you power-ups and stuff like that, and you actually feel more powerful because they are throwing more stuff at you as you go along. But now you can handle it all a lot better, uh, you know, based off of it. So, yeah, that that's that guess that's that's my big problem with false sense of accomplishment is that people begin to expect more. Like for example, Overwatch competitive, right? You have competitive points that you win when you win the game as a reward. That shouldn't be a reward. Your reward for being really good at the game is winning games. <laughs> you know that is that is the reward. Uh, you know, and even this has like a lot of it's like, you know, people wouldn't complain uh, in, in older games, right? The competitive scene was kind of separated from the the main scene, right? So people who want to play competitive, they would play competitive with each other and the reward would be winning games. Now to entice players to play, you have a reward system, which is competitive points. SR or, or skill ranking, which is actually supposed to be a ranking of your skill, is taken as more of a ladder type thing. Like this is where you are on the ladder, and that's your sense of accomplishment uh, for that. But it has it's trying to entice players to play the competitive mode in general versus you know just being happy that you won the game because you were better at it. You know, so like it, it's, it's a comp- it, it's, it's an issue that compounds over and over and over again, and then. It changes the way that games essentially are made, you know, because if Overwatch didn't have a competitive mode, if the competitive scene just relied on people putting together competitive matches, Overwatch wouldn't be as big as it was. You know, people would have played quick play for a while. The game would have went to shit. People would move on to a different game, you know, but people are more invested because, oh, well, my SR this, my competitive points that, you know. Doesn't that kind of put you into matches with those same tiered people though like in quick play you're just kind of with quick play you're still matched up with people around your still your uh, you you match up with people around your skill with a hidden mmr like you have you have a hidden matchmaking ranking that even in quick play gets applied with competitive you just have a visible sr but that's even measured against your hidden MMR for where you should be on the ladder. And that's how you determine how many points you get when you win or you lose. Gotcha. Well, that's a part of how they can, how they determine it. So the idea behind competitive was to give you competitive matches with people who are running your skill level. That shit doesn't happen. Oh my God. The competitive system in Overwatch is, is really a piece of shit right now. And they need to do something about it. And I don't know. I was hoping. I'm hoping on the two year anniversary they announce some type of plans, but I don't know. I don't think they're gonna do it. Because <laughs> the first thing you gotta admit is that something's wrong. They won't do that, and they won't do it. So, but I don't know. Like I said, my 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 big worry here is that 
you know, making games easier and easier and easier. And like I said, there's some games where I do really, where the, the story is the most engaging thing for me. Like, like a Mass Effect, right? I don't need Mass Effect to be difficult. I need it to be engaging. That's what I need Mass Effect to be. Um, even like Spec Ops The Line, right? I didn't necessarily mind that game wasn't that difficult. In turn, like even though there are some parts in there where it's like you know you, you, I died a couple times, but the story was more engaging, and that is okay. But that game also didn't give me any type of sense of accomplishment when I beat it. When I went through it and I played it and I beat it, I enjoyed the story, and that's it. There's no sense of accomplishment there. Versus games that are trying to say, "Oh, you did this really great thing. Congratulations!" You know, it's 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 a little bit of a different story. Okay. You guys are just shaking your head. I think that means it's time to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have anything else. I think we've hit everything that I can think of on that. So I just want to say, I, don't, I hope nobody thinks I was shitting on anybody that plays easy games because all I play is easy games. So <laughs> that's true. But he adds his own twist to it. Like when you used to play Destiny and you just run around punching people trying to make it. It was fun death. because I wasn't looking. I, 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 you know, I guess I would, I would say I wasn't looking for any necessarily like sense of accomplishment. I was just looking to enjoy myself. And that was how I enjoyed myself was punching people. You're so, yeah. the worst type of player, Nick. Eh, sometimes. Like you, in, in a competitive setting, you'd be the way I would. I, I hate people like you. Right. That's why you're, you're the type of person that hops into a game. There's already into an Overwatch game. There's already two DPS. You pick a third DPS that you suck at because you like the way their uniform looks. Yes, but at the same time, that's why I also really like. I don't play anything like that competitively. I don't like. I I don't really play Heroes of the Storm. I don't really play uh, Overwatch at all. I mean, I I, I don't even like. I don't even like PvPing in WoW. I always feel like I'm the guy that's that's dragging the team down. So yeah, no, right. I, I stick I stick to what I do well, which is play Madden on easy mode and score 99 touchdowns. <laughs> All right, so right, well, we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode on that. Um, anybody have anything before we go? No. No. Okay. All right. Well, then we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we are available on multiple podcast platforms on iOS and Android, so just search for the MASHcast. And if you can't find it, just check out the MASHes Buttons website. We have an RSS feed available, as you should be able to pop into your favorite podcatcher. You can find us on twitter.com slash MTV site, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, and uh, also youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, you guys want to give your Twitters? Uh yeah, my everything is s'mores pop tart. So that's uh Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Facebook. And I am at WookieBH on Twitter, and you can also find me on uh, Wow Talk and the Torn and the Goblin here on Mash Those Buttons. All right, and you can find me on Twitter at underscore ja underscore. You can also find me on Twitter uh, twitch.tv slash mash those buttons where we air a live recording of Watchpoint Radio every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So love to have you there. Check it out. Uh, additionally, you know, if you want to come and hang out with us, we are in the Mashes Buttons Discord, which is discord.me slash mash those buttons. And, uh, you know, I, we guys, we definitely encourage you guys to reach out and contact us with any questions or comments that you have, whether you put it on the SoundCloud link or directly onto the website, uh, you know, or tweet at us. We want to hear from you. 
Uh, additionally, if you if you enjoy the show, you want to help us out, the best way to do that is to share the show with others and also to rate and review the show on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And I encourage everybody to check out mashesbuttons.com slash shows to see the other shows that we have available to World of Warcraft podcasts with Nick here. Uh, we have Watchpoint Radio, which I'm on. And we have a Division and a Division podcast and a FGC podcast. So check those out. Uh, once again, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>